until the last day in our lives in the press conference. But here, I'm going to tell you the truth. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does a lion become the king of the jungle? His mentality. Join us on our journey to educate and develop the current and next generation of coaches. Our staff strives to achieve our mission to give the game back to the players. One coach at a time. Visit www.coachedsoccer.com for all your coach education needs. Welcome back guys to Coach Ed Soccer. Uh, my name's Eric Claremont. Today we've got a treat for you. We've got um, our, uh, the current performance analyst at the New York Red Bulls, Fernando Alva, somebody who um, I worked with my time in a youth game um, down at Boca United. Uh, remember that, Fernando? Uh, good fun times there. Um, but, you know, Fernando's uh, a great example um, of somebody who uh, didn't play in the professional game um, and kind of rose through the youth ranks and really through his work rate, diligence and attitude was able to kind of give himself some opportunities at the professional level um, to now be working um, at the you know prestigious New York Red Bulls. Uh, so he's going to talk a little bit about just uh, his the experiences that took him from the youth game into the professional game, and um, and really about video analysis and um, the day to day of a vid- what a, what a video analyst does. So uh, welcome to the show, uh, Fernando. Yeah, no, thank you for inviting me and being part of the show. You know, I'm uh, excited for this uh, interview and this podcast and, you know, and share as valuable information that I c- can give to, to everybody who's listening. <clears throat> Fantastic. Thanks, Fernando. Um, so why don't you start really, you know, where um, at the beginning for you, because I know, as as we said, um, you know, I met you at uh, Boke United. I know it started before there for you. But tell us, you know, um, what your kind of career pathway was um, from getting to the youth level to getting experiences uh, within the uh, professional game and now working full time as a video analyst for a professional club. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the way it all started was, um, you know, I I volunteered in a town. It was a town called Leonium out here in New Jersey and and it was a recreational, and and I think that was the starting point for me because I wanted to to get involved in the youth side to coach, and and that's when things started opening up to me that I wanted to get more involved in the coaching and in the teaching, and especially explaining to the players of the purpose of why, and and actually teaching them the mechanics of of the technical actions that we're expecting. But everything started there, and and then I guess you can say. From there, when I became really serious about it, that's when I started investing more time on, on that side. And then from there, taking coaching license and getting involved with the federation and taking the F, the E, the C, the D, and then to the B and to the A. And and those were the things that just opened up more to, to learn a bit more of the teaching side and how to educate players and how, how can you make them more effective and how can you develop these players, especially you know, using video and as well, you know, understanding what sort of training sessions will will allow to paint the picture of the game for them that they're able to make these decisions that is very realistic to to the to the game. Yeah, and then and then from there just 
you know, I guess you can say, you know, I, I met a lot of great people in, in my path and, and people that wanted to help me to, to get better and, and throw me into situations where I know I'm going to learn the hard way. And that's the way you're going to learn, you know, by making mistakes, what didn't work so well, what didn't. And, and that's the moment that you have to self-reflect a lot. And, and, and that's what coaching is. And, you know, we had to self-reflect a lot of things of how your process went and what, what didn't go so well. And that, and that's what I used to do a lot of my time. And, and yeah, and then from there, got into the training programs in Red Bulls. And, and that's where, you know, things were more, more exciting, I guess you can say, in terms of a, of a young person getting involved in coaching, because a lot of the education that they provided us was just, I think, very unique compared to other places that I've been to. And, you know, and this was a, an organization that wanted to help you to be better and to, you know, help you grow in, in the organization, but as well to help you go and go on bigger and better things. And, and those were the times that I think I, I value the most. And, and I appreciate those things because I met a lot of great coaches there as well. And, and we all went our separate ways and, and, and it helped us completely. Um, yeah. And, and then from there, that's when, um, I started, I, uh, I said volunteering for the academy. And that's where my eyes opened a little bit more of, in terms of the talent level and the size of things. And, and around that time, I used to go watch the under 16s and the 18s train. And, and these were very top prospect players at that time. Tyler Adams was there, Derek Etienne, a lot of these guys that, that played in the club. And then they now went to the first team or they went to other MLS clubs to become professionals. And, and that's where. I think I started learning a lot more of what it takes, you know, and especially the environment that you need to create for these players to, in order to challenge them and, and to improve themselves each day. Um, and yeah. And then from there, I, I guess the technology was introduced to me in terms of the filming and, and the coding. And, and then that's when I just started investing more on in that and see how they use technology to help players to, to develop, you know, and, and that's when I started learning about individual development plan the scouting and, and then the purpose of scouting and how you use the information to to help the players be prepared throughout the week and, and help coaches to design their trainings. So those those were a lot of key things. And then along the way, I guess those were the opening doors where I ended up leaving and went to Boca United to to create a, an analysis program and and as well to be a coach there. And I think both sides, it, it helped me a lot because I got to learn a little bit more of you know, on both ways of how you can use video to to enhance the development of the player and especially how do you utilize that information to the players that they're able to have a better idea when they step onto the field and what exactly we're trying to do. But overall responsibility there was to create a program and implement it across the whole academy and, and eventually have coaches use video, which it was at that time not really common, but, you know, we, we managed to get the job done there and and a lot of coaches end up using a lot of video, which Absolutely. was great. No, fantastic. No, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I know that from um, from my own experience, right? Um, now, I just want to uh, go back because I think there's some there's some absolute golden nuggets that you've that you've put in there. First of all, obviously, I have a background in coach education, so I'm really interested in that side of things. You mentioned, and some may be aware of uh, New York Red Bulls, obviously coming through that that club as you did as a coach. Um, at their grass, you know, throughout their grassroots uh, programs first, right? 
Um, you know, they invest a lot as a professional club in coach education for their for their grassroots uh, clubs. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the scope of that with regards to, you know, how often did you kind of go and do like, um, you know, uh, coach education and what did that involve exactly? Because I think, um, you know, a lot of clubs uh, don't invest in it, uh, in coach education as much as someone like the Red Bulls. So talk to us a little bit about what um what that was like and how you think it kind of helped you um as a coach within a club as a as a as a kind of really young coach right yeah no absolutely i mean so it usually was once a week where they will hold a meeting and they will provide contents different content so basically how to how to create an effective training plan, you know, so teaching us the purpose of thinking, how do we, how do we design a training plan? How can we make this, I guess, I say a flow to it that it progresses from one point to the other, that eventually the pitcher comes out of the whole game. So starting small and ending big, but depending on the age group and understanding, I guess, the level of players that you have, you know, and, and that's the key thing. You know, I think as coaches, um, we, we get really excited with a certain topic and we want to do this with a, with a certain players. But I think what really comes down to is evaluating the level of your players and where they need to be at. And, and, and if it's that, that they need to work on the technical skills and it has to be on the technical skills, but also adding a little bit of a smaller situations of one V ones, two V ones that will allow to, uh, allow these players to make those decisions based on the technique that you're teaching them. Um, but it was a lot of those things that they used to teach us because it was a lot about, you know, creating a fun and challenging uh, environment for them and also a training where they're able to emulate the skills that we are teaching them. So that was one of the biggest things from there. And as well, designing trainings that allowed a lot of repetitions for them to actually work on it. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of that. It was also coaching in the game. Those were some key things there too. Of, you know, what are some key areas that you're focusing on and, and what is going to be your halftime talk? And, and then from there, you're evaluating and self-reflecting if, if your talk, you know, really made an impact to the players. Was it clear? Was it, you know, concise to them that they're able to implement it? You know, so things like that, um, game analysis, um, uh, effective teaching ways. We used to have uh, Doug Lemo. I think this is when he bef- before he even started getting involved with the federation. He used to come down and do workshops with us and and um, teach us some methods there to see how we can do this with players and what's more effective. So there was a lot of things, and and the beauty of it was, yeah, you know, Red Bulls training programs had their way of this is you know how to operate, but as well they gave you the freedom to try things out and. And what works and what doesn't work, because I think coaching is very open. You know, I, I don't think there's one way, you know, there's so many different ways of how, how to teach, you know, and how you allow your players to take ownership, especially in the training. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's from my experience with them. That's incredible. That's fantastic. Uh, and that's a great uh, explanation that you give of the of the New York Red Bull Education Program. Um, so obviously, it sounds like you went through, you know, uh, everything to do with coaching right including the curriculum the methodology but also how to coach teaching methods um also age appropriate activities you know what do specific players need based on the level that they're at seems like you know um everything that a young coach would need to to be able to 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 coach um at the youth level um 
with, and you may not know the answer to this question, but what were the what what was the goal of the education program? Was it really to to kind of was it to create coaches for their academy program, or was it specifically just to improve the level of coaching at their grassroots program? Yeah, I'll say it's both ways, right? I mean, I think the first thing is is the most important is that you want to develop good coaches in in the program. Because at the end, you want to put the best coaches out there within the area, within the community, and also connecting with the players, connecting with the clubs that that will allow them to see, you know, what repo is. Does this guy or women has the values of what this club is? Is or Do they represent what repo is? Because at the end, we want to put the best people out there that will be able to inspire you know the youth and and allow them to come to the games and watch the guys play at the stadium because that's i think the the biggest thing is that you want to put the people out there who is going to willing to inspire who breeds the red bull values and that is going to make an impact to these players because at the end right the players have to love the game if they love the game they'll come they'll come to training with an excitement they'll come to watch a game because that's where it all starts you know right at a young age but but yeah the biggest thing is to develop good coaches and 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 to help the coaches grow right every coach has a plan right they either want to grow and go into the academy level yeah that's what they want to do and help them and this is the starting point the way i see it is that i feel like when i was there in the training programs it was like it was like school it was like a university you know we absolutely each year we learned something each year we got better and each year we came up with our goals that we wanted to go and some people from there they all eventually went to different different uh, clubs or they stayed in the club and they had different roles and and that's what they tried to do they tried to to help you and i and i can be an example of that because um when i wanted to be an analyst and be involved, you know, they helped me out. They said, yeah, we'll help you. You know, we'll, you know, you can volunteer and you can get to learn more. And that's what they were all about to help you. But that, that is the main thing, but also the training programs as well is that they want to develop players within the whole tri-state area because out of there, you know, you push them onto the RDS, which is the pre-academy level. So you get the best players out of the region into that uh, program and then from there you identify your players from the RDS to go into the academy. I mean, that's how Tyler Adams was discovered in the past, and you know, and they want to continue this this sort of method and approach that they have because there's so many players that went through it. I mean, there's so many guys, even Serge Ngoma, who's playing with the club. You know, he also you know got identified from RDS, and then from there got his opportunity to go into the academy and then to the USL. And they push up, so that's it's a key thing. And I always would say that the training programs is the most, I think, most important foundation. I guess you can say because that's that's where it all starts when the player loves the game or not, in my opinion. Fantastic, fantastic, Fernando. No, um, and again, some really good points there. Um, but I think most importantly, just the fact that um, the club was really investing in uh, coach education and player development right so um obviously um if we want players to improve we need better coaches right um so it it makes sense that um it's very much like you said like almost a little university right there's so much that you need to know and you find out that by going on the licenses right but it's fantastic Mm -hmm. to see and clubs do that so i'm really always really interested to hear uh what is included 
um, and you know what what happens at these coach education kind of programs. So uh, that's great that you could provide that kind of insight. So yeah, um, moving on obviously to Boca United, you mentioned kind of, and, and I was a very much part of that process as one of the analysts working with you, but you know, you spoke about, you basically developed um, your own analysis, your video, your own video analysis department within uh, Boca United. So, um, you know, with much more limited resources, you were able to do that at Boca. So talk us through kind of the, um, you know, what was the, the, the goal behind that and kind of um, how that kind of took place. And then uh, talk to us a little bit about how you felt it helped the club um, in a very um, competitive area of the South Florida area, uh, Boca Raton, right, with a lot of, uh, you know, um, good clubs there. Uh, how did you, how do you f- felt it, it gave uh, maybe a competitive advantage for, for the club at Boca United? The main goal was for for the analysis program was one to to make this tool one of the most effective tools in the club and also within the the area because I, I think around the region area again video around that time was not very popular I don't think you know it was not a lot of clubs had that type of resource to try to have their games film and recorded and and I know at that time the federation made that into a requirement but. The, the one one of the biggest goals was to make it effective and also and make it I guess one of the best programs out there. Um, but the whole process was that the way we did it was that we wanted to first create it and use it within certain age groups, you know, with under twelves, fourteens, sixteens. I think at that time in the eighteens. But the overall goal was to to teach I guess the coaches on how they can use video because around that time and i'm sure you witnessed this that you know they'll play the full game and you know they will rewind fast forward and you know and they will go with so many different points and this was this this was the part that was difficult because you had to change the culture and and kind of put a structure of it of how how you would be able to teach the coaches to be more effective with their information that they want to provide to them and and the biggest thing was that you know we realized how valuable it was especially in my time when i was with the under 12s of that we try to connect that more into the curriculum that we had and what we're focusing on and i think when you connect it from topic to topic and and at that time and especially now players are more visual than ever you know they rather see the picture of what's being you know, being told to them and they'll be able to understand it and you'll be able to ask them questions of what they think and kind of guide them that they'll be able to grasp that and apply it onto the field. Um, yeah, and, and and better off, yeah, that's how we did it there. We started off there and then from there just implementing some structure for, for the guys, for the coaches to understand how to use it and how to be more effective, especially with the analysts they had to understand the identity of the club. And I think the biggest key thing is before you even get started is that what is the the identity of the club? What is the style of play that you'll be able to create a code window that is going to allow you to grab the moments that, again, that entails with how they want to play. So, for example, you know, building out of the back, it can be specific with center back, center backs or you know, fullbacks joining into the attack. You know, those are just some examples there that you're able to use because it ties in. And then if we want to dig in deeper, right, you can use those metrics as well to to measure 
the progression of your group, the progression of the club and how they've been doing, you know, in terms of their way of playing. But obviously the numbers, it tells you something, but you have to dig in deeper into what the pitcher is telling you when you're looking at the video, of what's, what's being effective or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those were the key things and kind of just establish those things and, and kind of just create a program where, you know, each group has their, has an analyst and they're able to work together based on, you know, on what is, you know, their style of play was their objective. And the beauty about Polk United was that I think every group had one specific way of playing. So it wasn't much different. Yeah. It can be probably a change of, of formation, but. It, the, same, the principles were the same. There was nothing completely different. So it makes the process much more easier for an analyst and a coach to work together and to understand, you know, what are some key areas to focus on and what are key strengths that we've been doing so well. Fantastic. Now, that's great, uh, Fernando. So 100% agree with you there. Uh, just that, that uh, again, the ability to develop a style of play. I think uh, video needs to be a big part of that. So, uh so um, you're 100% right, especially, you know, um, within a club that perhaps doesn't have the resources. So, um, you know, uh, they need to be smart with the allocation of where the funds are going and who they're paying. So I think um, that was a very kind of creative way of adding value uh, for the coaches and the players. Um, so 100%. So, so yeah, tell us um, about your step to the pro game. So uh, obviously you was at Boca United. Tell us how kind of um, you you got involved with um, talking uh, to professional clubs, what that kind of process was and um, how you took that big step? Yeah, I mean, the way it took that step was, you know, I was very ambitious, still am, but, you know, and I wanted to, to take it to another step, you know. So what I did was I used to try to seek you know, any openings, any internships, that was the biggest thing to do an internship because I knew my experience wasn't extremely high to join the pro level right away. And I was very fortunate because I took a course years back before Boak United, it was called Pro Zone. And, and that was the first ever course in the United States that they, that they introduced performance analysis about understanding the software and how to use all this information that you have and, and tie it to the game, you know, when you're providing this information to the staff. But there was a guy named Stuart, Stuart Mares that, that was there and he was, um, he was actually the instructor that basically was running the course at that time too as well. And, and I guess you can say that I was fortunate that at that time he was the analyst for DC United. And, and then, yeah, we connected from there and, and I managed to get an internship role with him. And, and then, yeah, he gave me that, that beginning step of what it's like, you know, at, at that level. So, and that's how it started. Fantastic. So that's great. So tell us a little bit about kind of, um, what areas you had to develop yourself in, um, you know, that was that were basically important to those pro clubs. So obviously it's a difference, obviously doing it at the youth game where perhaps, you you know, it's more um, about individual development to now, uh, you know, really putting yourself out there to pro clubs. Were there specific skills, a specific skill set that you needed to develop before kind of putting yourself out there um, to, to these pro clubs? Yeah, the skill set is, I guess, first thing is for as an analyst, you have to be extremely organized and 
wait your time and, you know, without, what are you going to focus on and what are you going to do? The next thing is, you know, improving your, um, I guess, your game understanding, right? Because it's different when you jump from the youth to, to the, you know, professional league because it's more strategically and, and tactically and you have to understand the systems of these teams that you're going to face and, and what that team likes to do and, and if there's any changes to their formation that they played against different teams and find out why. You know, that, that's the, the biggest thing is, you know, developing your, your game understanding and especially much more deeper, you know, about the game, you know, about the conditions and, you know, uh, if this is a team that sits back, you know, what is their behavior? What is, well, if they like to press, what does the game looks like? Because the game always changes and the way... I guess the team is trying to dictate in terms of their defending and then in terms of their attacking. So the pitcher constantly changes. So I think that's a key thing that I learned. And then as well, your communication skills. I think that's also important is how effective you can be when, you, when you're communicating to the coaches about what you have, you know, because at the end, I, what they want is it is clear and concise, very simple, you know, you have to give them, give them a whole summary of it, just a clear idea of what this team is about. And I think those are the biggest key things. And, and what I mean with that, communicating, yeah, verbally, but also with the information that you provide them as well, that it is very simple and short to the point that they understand clearly about the team. That's fantastic, Fernando. I think that's a great point um, that, I've, that I've also seen. Uh, that separate obviously uh you know perhaps you know l- you know less experienced video na- analysts with kind of more experienced is the more experienced ones definitely provide clarity and are very uh, as you say simple and get to the point um so you know did you have any struggles at the beginning uh just with regards to communicating and and learning that that side of it that you just said of um you know, perhaps providing too much detail at times? Um, or, or was that something that you just kind of picked up along the way and, and kind of understood um, at the start? Yeah, I mean, I, I started understanding just, you know, picking on things, you know, and, and watching my, my mentor, I guess, the way he does it just to get a better idea of how he normally does it. And then from there, when I was more involved in those areas, you know, that's when I just started learning. And as as always, right, you're always going to self-reflect about if it was it clear, was it not clear? Did you say the right things? Did you not? You know, and, and the best way is that, you know, that you always self-reflect and take down the notes of yourself of what what could have been a little more different that you said, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning, as always, right, there's a little bit of um, a little self-doubt because, you know, you're entering a whole different environment and, and you're kind of concerned that you know do i belong here do i not belong here but at the point that i was you know i try i always said to myself you know what you belong here you're here you know be be secure about these things and do it you know there's nothing to to hold yourself back but i think once that's always in the beginning when you're entering a new environment but once you start getting accustomed and adapting there's no there's no worries of that and and yeah i think those those are some key things, I guess, in my own experience, as always, I think it's always the, the nervous, jittery, I guess, vibes that you get before you enter, you know, into a new environment. Fantastic, fantastic. So no, that's, that's a great um, kind of answer there. 
um, as you as you kind of went through. So, so take us to um, your your kind of internship with DC United. So uh, you know, as a performance analyst intern, kind of uh, what 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 were your roles and kind of responsibilities there, and how did you kind of help develop? Um, you know uh, their process because uh, I guess a lot of your development within the pro game must have come uh, in 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 those early experiences. So tell us a little bit about that role for you. Yeah, so my my role there was to watch the like the last three or four games of the opposition um, and basically highlight the key things about what this team is offensively, defensively, and transition wise. And as well, any key players, you know, that likes to work off from each other. So those were some things. And, and basically what I used to do is I will have all the packages organized. And it will probably be, per row, will probably be 10 clear moments about the opponent just so they can see the trend, you know, what they like to do. And and usually I will have that information and, and I will send that to the coaches. And the coaches will, will take a look on that information. But as well... I used to um, create set piece templates for them so they can be able to have that in, in the bench and then also work on those things of how they're going to provide that information to the players. And and then as, as well that I, I learned was about individual, I guess, scouting as well and helping out a little bit on the recruitment side of taking notes of some key players that they were looking at. And those were those were some key things of my of my task and, and obviously to to film training and the games. Fantastic. And then obviously moving there, because um, that was a short stint, and then um, you went to RGVFC, right, in the USL Championship. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. were, there any, were there any differences in, in your role um, at RGV, obviously apart from now being a, a kind of full-time member of staff? Because I know you spent um, quite, quite a bit of time there, right? Was it two and a half, three years? Yeah. Absolutely. So um, talk to us about kind of moving from your performance analyst internship at DC United to now a USL championship club. Um, first of all, just with you, regards to your role, but I'd also like to know a little bit about kind of how the infrastructure was um, just compared with, you know, an MLS club compared to perhaps a USL championship club. Yeah, in terms of the USL, when I went to RGV, that, that was a... A great experience because that was the moment where I had to take charge on my own as an analyst. So I was doing dual roles at that time there. So I was um, a team administrator and as well as an analyst. But at the same time, the main emphasis was to do the analysis for for the group. So the infrastructure there was incredible. You know, they had a, a, a full size stadium. I think one of the best stadiums in the USL. Um, they had three training fields. They also had a school that was, it was residential. So they're connecting that to the club and to the program. But a lot of the resources we had, we were, we were fortunate, you know, we, we had uh, cameras and everything to film training. We had the sports code software. So we had all of that that was provided because at that time we had that relationship with Houston Dynamo and they were supplying us with all that and to make sure that, you know, that the, the players there as well is getting sort of the same treatment as, as their first team gets in terms of the analysis, the, the coaching, the conditioning, because at the end, the players that we had were the young prospects that we were looking to push up into their group. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, there they had a lot of a lot of tools that 
they were able to help us. And um, yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's all I can say in terms of their infrastructure. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's, well, that's great then. Uh, you know, so it seems as if, you know, it was quite similar with regards to the resources that were given to you as a video, uh, video analyst there. Um, and then obviously now uh, with the with the New York Red Bulls, um, obviously back first, you were, I guess, a uh, on the developmental side. So you was working with the academy players. I was working with the USL and then I was and then helping out with the academy. So it was both. Fantastic. But, uh, yeah. And, and, and how was that? Uh, how was that experience? Um, you know, different, similar, different, because I know you was basically coming back home there, right? So obviously you'd make yeah. you'd come full circle. How was that? How was that experience? Well, first of all, it was great to come back home. <laughs> um, second, yeah, it was great because, you know, I was very excited to to come back. And especially it's a club that I grew up watching as a kid. So to be a part of them now and and be where I'm at and, and you know, and helping out and being an analyst, I think it's an amazing, an amazing feeling because there's so much more value and purpose when you're going there because you love the club so much that you will do anything to help the club. Um, but yeah, around my time there, like, it was a great experience. Um, again, it was similar to my time in RGV where the main emphasis was that, you know, we needed to develop these top prospect players and, and push them into the first team. And, and a lot of it was uh, when I was there was a lot of individual analysis, also a lot of unit meetings that we used to do a lot as well. And, kind of help them to understand their role and their understanding as a group of what they need to do in certain parts of the field. And yeah, and a lot of that was that and a lot of the opposition scouting as well, you know, looking at the opponents that we're going to play. And, you know, and we tried to tie it a lot of in the way that we want to play and against the opponents. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was just a lot of development based on on themselves and then also understanding collectively what they need to do on the field. Fantastic. That's great, uh, Fernando, and a great segue because I think, um, again, going into um, kind of style of play, right? Because um, obviously, you know, there's you've been at a number of different clubs with a, with a wide variety of different styles, I'm sure, uh, from DC to obviously uh, Red Bulls to now uh, obviously an RGV as well. So not not talking about any specific uh, club or environment that you've been in, but what was the kind of process of developing a style of play and how, how were you involved in that process as a video analyst um, to kind of now try and create KPIs? And can you kind of give any examples again no specifics don't need to get into any trouble but you know um again you know any example you can give of how your role as a video analyst fed into um kind of you know the head coach creating that style of play for the players for them to kind of truly understand that yeah i mean it comes you know from my experience working with different teams you know i worked in i worked in clubs where you know, that we had a way of playing, but we knew we weren't too effective to it. I guess you can say winning the league that we're, we were playing. And and the biggest thing I guess I learned was from there was that in terms of the style of play, the principles are the same, but we used to just change the system of how we wanted to go against the opponent. So... For example, a lot of it had to do with the defending, of, you know, passively. How do we want to close down? 
how do we deny the inner lanes? So a lot of it was that, and as well, structure-wise of how we want to build. So it was little key things like that, that that it was from my own experience working with other clubs. And, and as well, in terms of KPIs, it was just, you know, simple ones that we can be, you know, um, switching the point of attack, you know, the chances that we're trying to create, what type of chances are we are creating, the type of crosses, you know, and, and those were some key, I guess I can give you examples like that. Absolutely. from my experience and and then you have clubs that you know they already have a way of playing and they have their their identity they have their principles and and you know and those are the things that you just have to continue to breed and, and live each day of how how they want to play and so you're and saying again, so just so that i understand correctly fernando is it more um so when um developing a style of play you said some of some of the um places where you've been were more flexible Whereas yeah. other, others were a bit more rigid with regards to, um, you know, th- that style of play. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, correct, fantastic. Yeah. And then, so, so so how did that kind of affect your role, let's say, um, in, a, in a place where perhaps the style is more rigid and, and specific with regards to what they want versus yeah. more flexible kind of, how does that your, affect your role as a, as a performance analyst? Well, I, I think the most, the most, I guess, for an analyst, they love when when the club really has an identity because you know it's, it's a simple way to understand how to how to, how we play and and what we're tracking, what we're focusing on, what what is it that we're looking at players, what, what is it that we're looking at the team collectively, you know, in terms of a style uh, play point of view, you know. But I think there's there's a benefit of both ways because you learn, you know, that there's, you know, other teams that you have to be flexible, you know, it changes and the approach will change. But that's just more, I guess, strategically of adapting into the game environment that you're going to be involved in, how you can be effective to prevent the opponents to use their strengths, you know, and sometimes we have to change it. Okay, Okay. so So I understand. So maybe against um, or in the more flexible situations, at those clubs, you'd have to be maybe more reactive and focus on the opposition more versus, you know, in a more rigid style where you're focusing on your own style, perhaps that, you know, you focus just more on you and, and what you're doing um, against yeah. the opposition, right? Correct, yeah. Interesting. That's how it is. Yeah. That's, that's, very, that's really, it. really interesting. Really, really interesting because obviously I'm sure that was, you know, I'm sure you learned a lot there being in both kind of styles and systems again. Um, and, and scenarios where, you know, perhaps you need to kind of almost in that more flexible style, you need to kind of read between the lines and, and take a maybe initiative yourself on understanding, okay, um, I really need to let the coach know that, you know, this, this and this are, are potential problems for us, um, you know, in that more flexible style, right? Because you're going to adapt to the opposition, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah, and that's that's how it was from my experience of working in different clubs. That you know, we just we had to change our way of our system, the way we we're going to play. You know, at times we go higher, at times we go, we just drop more deeper to close out certain spaces that we know that the opponents are very good at. That you know, for example, it can be a team that likes to switch the point of attack and they want to overload the wide areas by making diagonal runs inside to pull one of our center backs or fullbacks out. So we, we try to look at those things and we try to say, okay, 
you know, we usually defend like this, but now we're going to make this slight adjustment to defend this certain space of the field because this is the space that they always look for. And as well, understanding, I guess, of how the opponents like to defend, you know, and that's also another key thing that we look at. Okay, how can we keep it really simple? You know, how what is their reaction, I guess, when we're mobilizing the ball? You know, who looks to step out? Has, are there two sixes or three centermans on the inside are very man-to-man that they leave spaces open, you know? And and I think those were, like, little key things that that I remember – earlier on in my in my career that it was like okay that's very simple and and very effective because the players knew that that that's the space you know and this is it's going to happen but obviously with with all of this you know that's being mentioned it's something that they have to train on the field and it's something that you know what you analyze it has to be provided to the coaches so they can see that picture as well that is going to allow them to create a situation like that that it's going to occur in the game. So, and I guess you can say at my time in the USL, I guess I can give you that example that a lot of the USL teams, you know, they, they seem to always stick to to one system from from my experience. So, gotcha. you know, it was, I don't think I ever experienced something that it was completely different, you know, but it was, it was always, it was, it was kind of like, I guess you can say, we knew the structure they were going to use. Now, Absolutely. As as you move up to the bigger leagues, it changes, and that that's when you have to really use your, I guess, your analysis and your theories to come true in a way of understanding why these coaches do that. And I like it because it's showing that the league is growing more and completely. That you know the game is more challenging than what it was before. They don't stick to one system. You know, there's certain coaches that makes adjustments, and but but yeah. I, I guess you can say those those are some some things. That that's great, uh, Fernando. That's fantastic, and, and I'm sure uh, as you were talking about that, it probably affect, it affected training much more in that kind of more flexible club, like let's say, um, because now your analysis of the opposition is directly affecting the training week, right? So now, you know, for example, you know, they, uh, you know, they like to press in this certain way when they're man-to-man in midfield, for example. So they're, um, I guess, you present to the, to the uh, coaches and were you involved with the kind of planning process or did you just kind of give the report and then they go to plan training? Like how much involvement did you have with that whole process? In terms of the planning, I wasn't involved so much. I just, I just gave them basically what the weakness is. And at times, they will ask me questions based on the training, you know, on if this situation makes sense. Is it realistic? So it was more that. I don't think I had a, I guess. Okay. No, that's fine. Like, you know, where I'm like designing the training, it was more of just giving them my input about a situation that has been constantly that will help them to kind of design their training plan of how we can get this picture out, you know? And cool. and what we used to do was what we used to show the players exactly what that space would look like. And now the players understand when they see that sort of weakness of the opponent, they go and already apply it onto the field. Fantastic. And you also mentioned uh, individual analysis as well of players, right? So uh, talk to us a little bit about how you used video um, to enhance player performance, you know. Um, again, don't know if you can talk about any specifics, but again, or you can talk as vaguely as you need to, right, with perhaps a certain position, right? Um, 
um, you know, in a, in a specific position, maybe an attacking player, let's say, and how you kind of used video to kind of make them aware of certain things that they were doing and, and how that might have helped player performance. Can you think of any kind of examples there? Yeah, I mean, so the key thing again, right, is style play, right? Collectively, but now you have to break it down into pieces and understand what are the fundamentals of these of the individuals and understanding what their role is of of again of how they how the team wants to play like for example we can an example with center backs right their their ability to support you know yeah we say support all the time right but the reason why we want the player to open up more is to stretch one of their strikers out to create that space and behind the line that we can find our six or possibly find the insights of find our eight or ten but these are some little key things there and understanding, you know, what we're looking for for how they defend, you know, are, are they are they stepping in front to win the ball? How are they winning the balls in the air or how, how they're pushing up, you know, pushing the line up. And then it's just little things like that, that we will look at and assess their behavior on those things and, and show them those examples. But again, when you're looking at a player, it just has to come down in those roles but it's also as well as understanding what was his game performance like that, that you need to grasp some key things of that situation. So then from there and then, then talking for like you side and academy, you know, with that sort of information, you know, you can tie that in into a development plan for theirs so they can focus on, you know. And, can you, can you and give any plan. examples of perhaps ones that you've done before that, um, you know, any, any of the clubs where you kind of, where you felt that it really worked and you saw that it was working, that like you really got through to a player? Yeah, I guess you can say what we used to do is, yeah, we'll show an example of them and we'll show a positive example of how they do it, you know, so they can see that. And as well, just identifying what their, what their area of improvement needs to be. And what we used to do is that we used to provide them uh, video information of a certain player that plays their position. It can be a player outside from the club or it can be a player win the club so they can see it. And then once that information is provided, again, the coaches will do their part where they will design training based on that individual. You know, they'll do individual functional training with them to create those situations so they can get that repetition. And then when it comes to the game, yeah, we'll see the success out of it. And that's what we continue to push and emphasize with them. And we've seen a lot of good improvement individually, especially, you know, video is one thing, right? Video is one thing with what you show because they see it, right? And they understand. But the most important thing is, all right, the video was provided to you, but now you have to apply this to the field. And this is when the coaches has to come in and they will design a plan for them individually so they can understand how they can apply it. And, and again, one thing is video that helps, but the other thing is now you grab it and emulate that situation again and onto the field that they will allow to get these reps. And this is more of an example for younger players in the academy and, you know, and as well when they get into the USL. It's, it's so vital because once they do that, you'll see the difference when it comes onto the field that they're applying it. And you can see right away that they're just, their eyes light up like, oh, it worked, you know? So... Yeah, I can give you that sort of example of what the process is like and, and the importance of the process of the, how it needs to be effective, not just one point of video, but everyone has a purpose behind it, you know, that will help this player. That's fantastic. That's great. Uh, that's great insight uh, there, Fernando, and how, especially how 
the kind of coaching process uh, is is aligned with what you do, right? So it's very much, um, you know, both feed each other. Um, so so that's great, Fernando. Um, just a few closing ones, right? Um, really just about what, what kind of you, um, what, you know, you mentioned a lot about um, your development throughout the years. I'm sure it's really difficult for you to continue to develop um, just with the, 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 the time that, that you take um, within the game, do you do you try and do anything um, kind of outside the game uh, to continue developing um, as a video analyst? Anything that you're kind of focusing on and do like on a regular basis, or any courses or anything that you that you use um, um, to to continue your development? Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of, look, I guess you can say Twitter is such a big network that you can see anything and and learn from anyone. You know what they put out there in video and what they see. You know, those are one key things. Or sometimes on my own, I will, I would, I watch a game myself and then start grabbing just other things for my own educational purposes to see. You know, and and then a lot of it is just connecting with other analysts amongst you know the league or outside of the league to see what they do and and what works for them. And you know, and, and I think the more that you try to go into different environments and kind of understand what their process is, I think it, it helps out a lot. And, and, you know, you start comparing and contrasting of what what difference you can make and what you can add or what you can bring back to, to the club. But, yeah, a lot of it is that. And, and a lot of it is, you know, I'll go sometimes just to watch training randomly, you know, at the academy or or outside in a local club around the area just to watch and, and just to learn, you know, I'm a big fan of like watching coaches explain things and how they'll teach it you know and and that's one of the biggest key thing um in terms of education courses yeah i mean you know i took um the performance analysis level one with uh united soccer coaches so that was pretty cool to see you know you know because i don't think we have such courses like that in, in the country so you know to kind of see how they put that all into content was actually pretty fascinating to see, you know, and I, hopefully it grows even more. Um, yeah. And then I guess another, another education course I took was, um, was a, cl- um, organizations called MVP make better players and they're based off in Spain. And I got to learn more and more of, of their way and their methodology, their approach, their management and, and then about, collective individual unit wise and it was it was a very good course and i think that's what helped me more to to be better uh, at my job i guess you can say but it opened my eyes more to uh, there's so much more in football than than you think there is you know so but but yeah that's great that's great uh fernando and then just last last but not least um just the future of analysis, you know, um, in the professional game, obviously you're at the highest level. So I think a lot of youth coaches and, and, and um, you know, people within the game would, would love to know what you think, the future of analysis, where it's going, what, what skills with analysts need to have in the next kind of 10 years. Again, a difficult one, um, but I'm sure you have some ideas on it. Yeah, I think... The future of the analysis is, is changing, in my opinion. You know, before I felt like it was more like of a technical support individual that will help the coaches, coaches with technology and, you know, with the coding and everything. But now the game is evolving more and, and now the analysis is being more used 
almost like as a coach in a way where they want insight in terms of the game and and what sort of you know what are things that you see and what are some things that can add in terms of the opponent and you know how can you grab this video and put it into training and as well being involved with the train so a lot of a lot of things change is changing because i feel like more coaches have more now res- i i want to say they have more respect but they they would like to always hear the word um feedback from the from the analysts on what they see and what they think and obviously they'll I'll ask the other coaches but you can see there's such a huge difference now that it's starting to become more of from what i see coach and analyst relationship um and i think it started like the biggest tools i guess you can say is yeah you you have to be tech savvy you have to be good at this and software wise and everything and understanding of the game but you have to get educations in both sides of coaching and the game itself and then technology i think you need all those tools that will help you to make yourself more valuable out there to be to be an analyst but that's that's great. my opinion of how things are changing that's great that's great fernando i think um, that's a great point to make you're seeing a lot of you know dual roles right with performance analysts becoming more involved on the coaching side as you're saying and uh, some some assistant coaches having that background as well um you know recently um i just i know you know ewan ewan sharp so basically yeah. we just recorded one today at the time that we're recording i recorded a, a podcast with him um so take a look at that because i know you and him are, are are friends so um but but he he's an example of someone who's kind of rose as a performance analyst and now um is is an assistant coach he obviously does that video analyst side as well but um i think that's a perfect example of of uh, what you're saying there uh, fernando so great stuff fernando listen you've been um, so great with your time um you know during a world cup uh time right now so um i'll let you get back to the games but please let us know um where where's the best place for um coaches you know listening to this podcast to kind of keep track of your of your progress uh maybe linkedin or or twitter um what do you think is best yeah i mean linkedin twitter you can put it out there there's no problem fantastic facebook however great man great so i'll uh i'll link uh your your linkedin and twitter to the to the podcast notes so that anyone who just want more information, they can kind of reach out to you. Um, so, but that's fantastic, Fernando. Thanks so much for your time. Um, again, uh, one of the top guys in the game that I've worked with. So uh, keep working hard. Have a good break because I know uh, things will start soon in preseason for you. Uh, so enjoy, enjoy your 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 the festive period. Perfect. You too as well. Thanks, Fernando. on our journey to educate and develop the current and next generation of coaches. Our staff strives to achieve our mission to give the game back to the players, one coach at a time. Visit www.coachedsoccer.com for all your coach education needs.